So here we are, Melissa. Here we are, Kurt. Here we are. Um, by the time people hear this, you will have had your tournament. You will know whether or not you have any students going to nationals. But at this moment in time, as we sit here recording, none of that has happened yet. Nope. I'm still on, on this side of it, and I'm far enough away from my tournament that I don't have too much anxiety about it yet. And um, right now, we're, we're just chilling. Yeah, yeah. We're at like a three on anxiety level, which if you know me is like pretty dang calm. Well, let's amp that up by having a discussion you, Let's have a debate. I don't even know that it's going to be that much of a debate, honestly, because I plan on making some very good points and just luring you to my side. Oh, okay. Did you just pull out <laughs> a notebook of notes? Yeah, I was <gasps> making notes. Well, then I'm going to reference the notes that I wrote down just so I'd have my thoughts, but they're inside of my cell phone. I mm. thought you would make fun of me if I had notes. No. <gasps> I'm ready to have... Hooray. I, yeah, I made some notes so that we could talk about it. Um, so we... I'm. I want the conversation to be productive and positive because that is our goal for the year. Um, I want to make it very clear that I'm not dragging anybody and I'm not, uh, you know, saying that anything that we've done up till now is wrong. I am simply bringing up a topic that I think it's time for us to, to dive into again. Uh, and I mean that as an organization, as an activity, as a culture, that it's time Great. for us to have this conversation. Uh, and that is a revolving around dress code. We, the, the expectation we have that our students are going to dress at a certain level um, in order to be taken seriously in forensics. So I think the, the best way to start is for us to kind of talk about like the status quo and like the reasons why, why we have what we have now, because some of those are good reasons and we can talk about that. And then I just want to bring up some points and get your thoughts. Okay. So uh, in your opinion why do we have kids dress up for forensics uh i liken it to having them putting on a uniform it is giving them the ability to physically change into clothing that sets them into the mindset of i am now doing forensics this is me putting on my team uniform and going out there that team uniform can be a full suit that team uniform can be a nice sweater and khakis. That team uniform can be a nice blouse and a skirt. That team uniform can be a vest, a dress shirt, and a teeny tiny ribbon bow tied around your neck, as I saw this weekend. It can be whatever is a slightly elevated version of your regular everyday self that you feel comfortable in. But yeah, to me, it's a uniform. Okay. Why do you think we dress up for forensics? Well, I am often reminded of the the comparison to like a job interview. Okay. That like if you want to make a good first impression, you have to dress a certain way. You know, and so that's kind of what we tell. That's what I've told my students is like, you know, you're you're going in and you're making a, a good first impression with a judge. You're going to look a certain amount of buttoned up, a certain amount of like fancy um Everything I've ever said about like dressing in a manner that is appropriate for a high school activity still stands regardless of where this conversation goes. Like, I, I don't think you should have, uh, you know, boobs or butts or any other part of your body, upper thigh, as I brought up in the last episode. 
Um, you know, there are parts of the, the human body that I don't need to see uh, unless I'm in someone's home and that's where they feel comfortable having those things exposed uh, and we're close enough for that to be happening. Um, I certainly don't need to see some parts of bodies on underage kids. Um, but for the most part, the dress code that we've come to expect from young people is dressier. It is nicer clothes. It is suits. It's ties. It's, uh, you know, dress suits, um, you know, skirts with blazers, uh, button down tops, sweaters, turtlenecks. Uh, these are clothes that students would, in most cases, not wear to school on a day-to-day -day basis. Correct. They're dressing up more than when they go to school. Mm -hmm. So that's and kind I of- I love that aspect of forensics. And here's the thing, I love it too. It makes me feel good, but is that enough? I mean, I believe that there are other reasons to do it. Well, then share them now. Now's the time, girl. Okay. So, again, I believe that, one, it is putting out a uniform expectation. Like, this is what, and my, my, I tell my kids, like, this is what I expect of you to wear. Like, on our team, we, we dress up. It is part of our personal team dress code. I know that certain teams, especially collegiate-level teams, have very strict dress codes. And we as an organization have sort of a suggested dress code, also an expected level of attire. But on my team, I tell my students that these are the sort of clothes that you can go out and get or that you can pull from your closet. And here are the reasons I want you to wear them. It is a team uniform. It shows that you are, you're putting in, you're giving that great first impression, but it also shows that you care, that you are making a physical transformation from your regular sort of what in my life I call street or civilian clothes and put in, and then you put on sort of this, I tell my students, it's like armor. You're putting on an outfit that helps put you into the forensicator version of yourself. Is that always a suit? No, sometimes it is just a very fun colored dress that you like to wear and then a sweater over it and then a sensible shoe. Oh my gosh, y'all get back into the sensible shoes. I watched a girl fall down a staircase. Wear your sensible flipping shoes. She like she only like fell down like three of them and then she was okay. I made sure to check, but not like three flights, three steps. <laughs> but a big part of it for me is that a student is showing that they are taking this seriously because they want you to take them seriously. They want to go into a room and know that a judge is going to care about what they have to say. And they're going to walk up there and say, look, I am in this clothing that society associates with seriousness or being down to business or whatever it may be. And it, it doesn't distract from what I'm about to tell you. It doesn't give you any sort of judgment about my age or my interests. It is just the blank slate within which I am going to then present my piece. There can certainly be aspects of personality in there. Uh, but it's just, it's just setting them up. We, no one asks questions about a basketball team all wearing the same uniform. No one asks questions about, you know, the teams who the mathletes all wear the exact same polo with the insignia on them. So I think that forensics, putting on your forensics outfit, suit or not, is 
putting on your team uniform and your personal armor that is showing your judges that you that you really really care. That's excellent. Um, I really appreciate all of those points because you've basically set up the pins for me to knock down. Great. Because I've been thinking about all of those things. I'm going to get to the uniform thing in just a second, but okay. I guess the major thing that I want to, I mean, our organization turns 50 this year. Mm-hmm. Organi- like our organization is not the oldest organization where forensics has been going. We are basically still doing the same thing we did 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. We are expecting the same thing of our students. We are looking at a society, even in Wisconsin, which is still pretty homogenous, <laughs> that's changed a lot. And I think it is not only more diverse racially and culturally, but we are far more economically diverse than we used to be 50 years ago. And so the first thing I want to bring up is that are we making a certain type of clothing a barrier for entry to our young people? And you and I have talked on the podcast a lot. Like The clothes don't need to be expensive. But we've also said that from... Our, our place of privilege where like we think of going to Goodwill and maybe spending 20 bucks on something is not a lot of money. That might be a lot of money to some people. They may not be able to do it. Uh, we also then put our kids in the situation. Um, and so I've had kids who have had this situation and some handle it better than others where they may only have the one nice thing that they can afford to buy and they wear it week after week. Um, and are we creating a situation in which our young people can be bullied if they don't have the the type of fashion that they're supposed to be uh, displaying to other people? Um, so I do think that when we're trying to to share our activity with people, I don't understand why we would have an unnecessary barrier to entry in the cost of the clothing. When so much of what we are preaching is that it's the substance that matters. An oratory speech does not get worse if the student delivering it is wearing jeans and a t-shirt versus a suit. But we have been trained to think that it matters. We have been trained to think that the least they could do is put on a nice sweater. And, and this is why I'm saying, like, I'm not saying that this is like a specific for, I'm, I'm not saying it's a WFCA problem. I'm not saying it's a Wisconsin problem. I'm not even saying it's just a forensics problem. The, dis, the income disparity in our society is the problem. And I just think we may be perpetuating that problem with the expectation that students, quote unquote, dress up in order to deliver a speech or read us a poem. That really has nothing to do with what they wear. The other thing I want to talk about is like the standard, as, as we do talk about diversity, uh, the standard of like what is considered dressing up and what dressing up looks like for different cultures is drastically different. Like, but we, we apply a very Western notion of what dressing up is. You know, when we talk about suits and sweaters and button downs, there are, and I have, I have done this myself, I have told especially young women, like that pattern is too busy. It's too distracting. There are cultures where the, the garments they wear to dress up 
are exactly that. They're very colorful. They're, they're bright colors and bright patterns. And we would discourage that. We would say, no, that's too, that's too much. It's not the Western idea of what dressing up is. So I think that's got to go as well. Um, now let's talk about uniforms. The thing about basketball uniforms is that the kids are not expected to go to Kohl's and buy their own basketball uniform. In some way, shape, or form, in those activities, those ones that you mentioned, including the mathletes, the basketball, the golf teams, everywhere else, the school provides the uniforms. I've never been in sports, so I assume at some point the parents of the kids or the kids themselves are participating in some kind of fundraiser where they chip in for these things. I hope. I also know our booster club basically exists to be able to buy sports teams things, so maybe they're not even chipping in that much. But the point is, in all of those activities, when the kids are expected to wear a certain uniform, the team provides them, which would be one solution to this. If we're expecting our kids to look a certain way and we want them to all look the same way and we want to eliminate how they're... The, we want to eliminate the perception that how they dressed is, is a way that they can be judged. Yeah, let's all give them the same uniform. But then we, the onus has to be on us to provide them. We can't look at the kid and be like, oh, just go to Goodwill and find, find an old uniform that somebody used to wear. It's going to be fine. Um, this one is getting a little more high concept, and so you can push back on this one pretty easily, I'm sure. But one thing that we talk about all the time is that like the skills that we teach in forensics are universal, that it doesn't matter if you want to be a, you know, an, somebody who works in agriculture, or if you want to be a teacher or a nurse, like you can be a chemist or a welder. It doesn't matter what you want to do because the communication skills that you learn in our activity are going to help you regardless of the field that you go into. And yet, we seem to ask all of our kids to dress like politicians and business people. Like, why? Again, it's like that, like, why is, why is our version of uniform this kind of dressed up, difficult to access thing? Um, I guess the only other thing I want to do is, I wrote down some stuff that you said and you said, that it shows they care and it shows that you want to be taken seriously. And to me, that's not a kid that, that like, that's not a pressure we should put on the kid. That's where like, I'm, I think we should be changing how we all think about it so that we know that it's the quality of the speech that they wrote that tells us they care, that tells us they're taking it seriously. You know, it's the time and effort that's clearly been put into making an interp piece excellent that tells us that they care. And then it doesn't really matter what they look like or how they're dressed. So that's, that's what I've been thinking about. Is it my rebuttal now? Sure. Great. Um, first of all, uh, as someone whose sister did dance and soccer in high school, uh, you do, your families do pay for a ton of that stuff. My sister had to pay for all of her shoes, all of her socks, all of her uh, shin guards, everything. She was just told where to buy it from. And it, and they do get a team discount, but 
I know from having to fight with my family about whether or not I was getting a new suit or my sister was getting new soccer cleats. We ended up both getting them because I found my suit on clearance. Um, that a lot you are paying for a ton of that stuff and they require even more. You have to buy everyone has to have the same duffel bag and you have to have all the same warm up stuff and you and they're a ton of that stuff they are paying for. The football team isn't paying for their pads or their helmets, but they're paying for the inserts inside of their helmets because they have to get new ones of those. So I'm going to push back that sports teams, those kids do have to pay for. I, and I but I, I said that they do. I said I didn't know that they do. I suspected they do. Yeah. So well, I'm just telling you that they. And I still they, think that's wrong. That's a barrier to entry to people who can't afford that. And that's wrong. So just because mm-hmm. they do it, I'm not going to say it's OK for us to do it. No, but I'm, I'm just saying that that does happen. But I will also say that. Uh, and forensics budgets are awful, horrible. For so many of us, they're not big enough. But. For. In a lot of schools, if your family qualifies as low income, you can apply to have a discount on your stuff or to have it paid for. Uh, so that happens. Um, the The bullying for wearing the same thing every week. Um, I'm. I, I don't think. I don't think our students are doing that to anyone. They are. Uh, I've, okay. ha- I've had students in in my team in my room crying to me that they have been bullied. Okay. And that's why I, I said some have handled it better than others, but it has happened. I have seen it. Okay. Cause I, yeah, I, I have not had to deal with that issue. I once had a student who wore the same thing all four years, every single weekend. And that was just his, that's one of the reasons I first started thinking about it is a uniform. Cause I was that just, that was his key keyword there. That was his uniform. It was, I'm also pretty it was sure never I, a boy who was getting bullied. Not on okay, my but team. I, can, I can tell you for sure. I have one student on my team, very successful, has worn the same two outfits up until this year because I bought them another outfit because I wanted to. And it was a gift from me. But they wore the same two outfits all throughout the season, interchanging blazer and a dress. But... Uh, and then also the price of entry thing. I I don't think that it has to be, I don't know. I don't think it, I'm, you're, I'm not asking you to go to Goodwill and spend $20 on a suit. I'm asking you to go through the clothes that you do have and come to me with what you feel is an elevated but comfortable version of yourself. There, there are girls who are showing up in homecoming dresses with a sweater over it. There are guys who are showing up in their darker washed jeans and a long sleeve shirt. But it's just, it's obvious that it is them putting the effort in. And I, I fully get behind the idea that like, it should not matter. And we, we shouldn't be taking down a student. I have never, as a judge myself, ever graded a student like took them down a rank because of what they were wearing and i know that we always are telling judges hey it doesn't matter what they're wearing it matters the content but i still think that if as someone who is constantly trying to get her school community to take her activity seriously and wants them to treat it as if it is a for us and my team 
not every forensics team is this way, but for me and my Sheboygan South forensics team and for the man that I coach with, Ben Kroll, we treat our activity like a sport. We practice regularly. I tell my students, like, I have expectations of uniform and, like, I want them to take it just as seriously as I, as their coach, do and as someone who loves forensics. So I am asking them to to put in that effort of showing, okay, you can have your regular outfit that you're wearing every day, but come to me on Saturday with what is the slightly up version. Just just take it up so that I know that you're coming in and you're feeling comfortable, you're feeling strong, you're feeling confident, confident that their parents bought them as a Christmas present and was super expensive. For some people, that is a pair of dark wash jeans that don't have holes in them. And like, again, a plain t-shirt. I, I just think that when you walk into forensics, it should be a slightly different version of yourself than normal. Because for me, when you're in forensics, you are one of the best versions of yourself. Like, you are someone who is being vulnerable. You are someone who's being confident. You are someone who's trying to get across a message. You are someone who is trying to find a community, build your community. Kids who are in forensics are giving us the best versions of themselves. So I just want, I just think that they show up and give me that, man. If that is a full suit, cool. If it's not, cool. I just want to know that what you're up there in is an elevated version because forensicators aren't like it is for us. It's a normal thing, but in the outside world, it's not normal. So I, I don't want to treat it normal. I want to treat it with reverence. So I tell my kids to do it too. I guess my point is, and this is meant to start a conversation. I hope other people will talk about it. Maybe it's just cause I've been out of it now for a couple years. I'm just at the point where I'm uncomfortable with talking out both sides of my mouth as I've done so many times as you just did where you said at the judges meetings we tell judges not to judge the clothing but then we tell our kids to make sure they're dressing up so that they're not judged by their clothing it doesn't make sense to me anymore like let's okay. either I... let's either let's have a uniform or let's let's stop putting this pressure on on our kids to have something that really doesn't affect the activity at its core in any way, shape or form. Cause it is different. I mean, it's, and it's different with like, cause you said like, trapped by you right now and I don't like but it, it. Is, but it's different. Well, it's a trap that we've built for ourselves. But we've, I don't, we've all built this trap and in, in, even in saying that like uh, for some people it's going to be a suit but for some people it's going to be a dark wash jean with a button up shirt like that's a disparity like that is going to be looked at differently that's the sort of thing that we're saying to judges like oh make sure you don't look at that but yet we're still but saying I, but, to I, like, but I think that and I had this conversation literally at the award ceremony at Kakana you can look on the stage and especially at that tournament, there was not a single final round where everyone was on the same level of, of dress code as we're talking about. Everyone there was in all different levels. There were people in full suits. There were people in much more casual clothing, but they were still successful. But I think that they looked like they were not just going to school in that outfit. 
And well, I mean, I, basketball players don't look like they're going to school in their outfit either. But it's not dressed up. And I mean, if, if, if I'm going to be my own devil's advocate, those basketball uniforms probably cost more than most of the suits that our kids buy. <laughs> so it's not it's not only about money. It's just one of the points I wanted to make is I do think I would I, I would hate for dressing up to be a barrier of entry for anybody. And then all those other reasons, too. I can't say anything correct, so. There's no correct. But you just told me that I'm, you're saying that, that, that our, the idea of expectation is inappropriate. Yes, that's the, the thesis I am posing. Okay. And I think that we are allowed to hold our students to an expectation with what they are coming to forensics in. Sure. I, I agree. But I, I, I'm just saying I think it's too high. I do not. But I feel like I'm going to sound like the pretentious, jerky, privileged a-hole. And yet I never bought a single full price outfit. I all of my for the first year of forensics, all of my clothes were my funeral clothes because uh, they were the most serious looking clothes that I had. Uh, I have students who, now that we have technology, will send me the pictures of the clothes that they have and I will help them pick out the best outfit that they have. I have parents coming to me saying I can't afford to buy them a suit and I tell them don't buy them a suit. Please don't. They already have the clothes that they're wearing. I had a kid who was wearing the shirt that came with their band uniform for their first year of forensics because that was what they they had there i so why and I'm, I'm asking this posing this question honestly why in practice are you okay with it but in theory you want to defend a higher standard Be, for the thing for me is that like i i think that like I think that there is a way to have casual clothing that you already own in your wardrobe that is not your everyday clothes. I think that the expectation should not be full suit, expensive looking dress shoes for everyone. I think that everyone has an outfit in their closet that is forensics appropriate. Everyone has something in their closet that is not their everyday clothing that is forensics appropriate. Everyone also has clothes in their closet that they should not be wearing to forensics. Like if we're going to have, if we're going to say, okay, a student shouldn't like be showing this amount of skin, okay, then, but that's them not wearing their everyday clothes still. Like, No, it's not. Kids can go to school and be clean and covered up. That's, I mean, that's the standard I'm talking about. Like, I think anything beyond clean and covered up, we might be, we might be asking too much. And I say might be. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm thinking I about it now. I didn't think about this when I was a coach. I, I was totally where you were two years ago. So I don't know why I'm looking but at it differently I, I've now. Also been, I've also been the person who, after a parents meeting, a mom has come up to me and said, 
hey, so you were talking about their clothes. I can't afford to do that. And then me saying, great, I don't want you to buy them new clothes. You don't need to go out and buy them new anything. What would you put your your son in to wear to a funeral? What would your daughter wear to their choir concert when they were in eighth grade? That's going to be appropriate. Like, that's going to be fine. I've also had students where, like, they have gone out into a Goodwill and found a great outfit for $6. I've had students that have borrowed clothes from another family member that have been appropriate. I've had moms put their daughters in their freaking clothes because their mom has the more, like, what we consider to be forensics appropriate. I think that there is a way to dress a fr- dress forensics appropriate and not spend a single single dime or dollar. No one pays it for anything in dimes anymore. That's right. a phrase is stupid. Well, but I think I, that it's possible. I uh, don't disagree with any of that. But then I have my other issues with it as well that aren't just about cost. You know, it's it's not only that it's the a certain standard of dress, it's a Western standard of dress. I think we need to start thinking more diversely. It's also that the, it's a gendered version of dressing up. That and we see, might I need do to want to start. point out that I, when I updated the new coach's handbook about uh, dress code, it is completely non-gendered. And I, as someone who has had students of all gender expressions, I, I, that's why when you're talking about like how like the things you're covering up are like things that are more normally associated with females having to cover up or like people with feminine bodies having to cover up. I That is absolutely not true. I said boobs, butts, upper thighs. Men have both butts and upper thighs, and I meant butts for boys cuz they're usually the ones that are hanging out. Okay. But but as an association, our original handbook was incredibly sexist, incredibly binary, and so that's why I I reworded it. And I think as like gender neutral clothing becomes more popular, like our perceptions of what dressed up look like is going to be challenged. But I also think that there are plenty of students who identify as non-binary and gender fluid who are at our tournaments and they are usually wearing suits. No. Yeah. I judged I judged a student who in their speech talked about how they were non-binary and they were not wearing a suit. Okay, so that's one. But I can tell you, I've also had students that have competed on my team who are gender fluid and were not wearing suits. I've had students that... But what were they wearing? Were they wearing something that was gendered in the other direction? No, they were wearing a pair of black pants. Just plain black pants. Pants They were wearing a white dress shirt. That's what they were wearing. But those are those are still gendered clothing. I'm talking about like totally gender neutral clothing. Why is pants? Why are black pants and a white shirt gendered? They have been. They are. They're men's clothing. I do not think that black pants and a white shirt are men's clothing. They. I mean, they are traditionally gendered clothing. I'm talking about clothing that is completely gender neutral. That is not on that spectrum at all. Like clothes we have not seen walking down the street. So you're so you're saying that there are clothes that don't exist yet that we should no have they our exist but they're they're not they're not in the halls of forensics tournaments in Wisconsin. Okay, what is your example of a completely gender neutral item of clothing? I would have to look up some 
examples because I don't know what they're called. I don't have the language to explain what okay. they Okay. Because the fact called. that you think that black, that plain black pants, pants are, are gendered. gendered. Pants are gendered. It was a big deal when women started wearing pants and it's because they're a men's item of clothing. Pants are gendered. But they were gendered. They were only for men, but now we fought for our rights to be able to wear them and them not be a gendered thing. But their, their origin is still gendered. So you, you right now are wearing a zippered hoodie. Mm-hmm. Zippers were only in women's clothing. So is your zippered hoodie gendered? No, I think a hoodie is probably, you know, I mean, the cut of my hoodie is gendered. It is a men's cut. Like so it, why, do, it doesn't why, flare in at the waist like women's clothing would be to fit a woman's body. And it, like when I bought it, it said men's hoodie. Then I don't understand why a person wearing a pair of black pants that they can buy. I'm not saying that's buy. the problem. I'm saying they're like fashion's going to evolve and it's going to challenge our perception of what dressed up looks like. And I think, and I think we students should start... are already successfully doing that for us. I, Maybe I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Okay. I do. I do see plenty of students pushing uh, the gender norms and crossing the binary. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not seeing the type of clothing that I'm thinking of in my mind. Ones that are totally okay. gender neutral, that re, like reject the notion of pants or dress or skirt or anything that like it's it's the, it's very shapeless. The clothing I'm thinking of. Have you been watching too much Project Runway? I've been watching a lot of Project Runway, but those episodes are ten years old already. You know, and they were doing it then. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think it's coming down the pike and we should start talking about it now before it becomes an issue. And again, like people from different cultures have different ideas of what's appropriate and what's what's considered dressed up, what's considered fancy. I never think any to me, fancy clothes are a very different thing than forensics. Or and I have what's, it, what's appropriate to wear to work or, mm-hmm. you know, so. I mean, I have enjoyed this conversation thoroughly because I love having an argument with anybody. Um, so for people out there, come argue with us. Join the argument. Don't argue with Join me. Join the debate. I can't handle it right now. Let Melissa get through the forensic season. And then you can argue with her too. I gave you the whole season. I was going to just say through qualifiers, but then I was like, no. Just don't don't come at me in person season. about it because I I love forensics and I want so many more more students to be able to access our activity. I want it to continue being a place where students who fall outside of what we believe is a regular high school student can come and it is a safe space for them. And I want I don't want it to sound like I don't think that you should come to forensics if you can't afford the clothing or if you don't have the clothing. I don't want it. I, I'm praying. To I don't. You did not say that, that in I any don't way, sound shape like or form. A total jerk. You don't. You didn't say that in any way, shape or form. I just. I love our activity and I believe that it is OK to hold it to a standard. I think that standards are okay. They shouldn't be hecka high, but I think it's okay to have them. 
And if you want to tell me that we shouldn't, and you think that we should just eliminate the idea of any sort of dress code semblance whatsoever, come tell me about it. I'm going to cry because I'm going to take it as a judgment on our activity and the choices that our activity makes for our students. But that's just me, and my feelings aren't real. But you just have to be comfortable with the fact that I will cry. And I hope it's clear that I'm bringing this up in the exact, with the exact same motivations. I just want more and more people to do the activity as time goes on. And I just think a lot has changed in 50 years. And this is one of those, those elements that hasn't. I mean, we did stop having gendered girls and boys extemp. Good. Yes, that's good. <laughs> um, that was good. Let's, <laughs> that was let's, a good thing. <laughs> what's something silly that we can talk about? Because now I'm bummed and now I feel like a jerk. I don't know why you feel like a jerk. Because I feel like it. I just feel like I the fact that I am holding anyone to a standard makes me look like I am unable to acknowledge my own privilege, which is the exact opposite. Like I grew up low income. I was one of those kids that wore the same thing every weekend for a long time until I made forensics a priority in my life and saved up money my sophomore year so that I could drag my mom to Target and buy me a suit on sale that I had spent six weeks looking for and waiting for it to go on sale in my size. Um, and I don't want it. I just don't want to pretend that I am not sympathetic or that I can't empathize because I've been in that place. Uh, but I come from, I do have the privilege now that when a student comes to me and they say, I have no idea what to wear and what am I going to do? I can take them to Goodwill and I can use my own money. And I know not every coach is going to do that, but I do. I and I acknowledge that level of privilege. I just don't want to sound like a privileged. I think a surprising amount of coaches do that though. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, I think, just don't want to sound privileged and not were... with it. Hmm. Aren't we all a little bit privileged? It's Wisconsin. I'm 100% very privileged. It's I just Wisconsin. don't want to sound like I can't acknowledge it. Like we're all, you know. So. I can't think of anything silly. Uh, Do you want my, to tell people about your cat riding your dog? Oh my gosh. So I'm recording this episode at home. And I'm not in my bathtub. Uh, because both of my roommates are gone. Slash just not awake right now. I genuinely don't know if one of my roommates is even home right now. Um, but uh, my dog and cat are obviously the roommates that are awake. And uh, they were they were being real chill for the first episode for, for a majority of our recording. And then we got to trying to record uh, some specific uh, outro things. And my cat and dog decided to fight, which was uh, initiated by my dog looking up at my cat in his cat tower and then said cat jumped on top of my dog and rode her for approximately three feet where Kurt was trying to say something to me and I just stopped listening to him and watched my dog um, be a delightful uh, horse that she is while my cat uh, was a jerky cowboy and it was it was a lot and I wish that there would have been a way for me to record it for you all but I'm sitting mostly in the dark and my nanny cam doesn't point in that direction. And yes, I have a nanny cam for my dog. That makes sense to me. Yeah. 
But I was gonna say okay. I, I I bought this sweater that I'm wearing because it reminded me of the of the dog in in your office. It's like a bulldog with glasses. It's a bulldog with glasses. It's like my insignia. I need basically. I need yeah. I need to formalize that in some way, shape, or form. Okay. That needs to be my life. Yeah. A bulldog in glasses. Better than a bulldog and lipstick. On that note. Take that, Sarah Palin. We, uh, oh God. Remember when Sarah Palin was the worst thing we'd ever seen? (laughs) We were supposed to be talking about good things. Um, um, yeah, uh, guys, um. I want your feedback, folks. We want to hear from you. Come talk to us at tournaments about it. Just acknowledge that I am a person who feels too intensely. Um, but also, if you are someone who has left the forensics program, you graduated, you moved on, and you still have forensic clothes that you're not using, give them to your old team. One of my favorite things is students passing along their clothes and me being able to give it to new competitors. Uh, I have a parent who is dropping off a bunch of forensics clothes that their student had uh, this week so that I can give them out to some of my my team. And so it's a great thing to do to donate back to your team if you're not going to use it. Uh, and let's be honest, you won't because we all gain a bunch of weight the second we go to college. So give your, give your skinny forensics clothes to those kids who need it. Embrace that's a great your idea. Body. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's a happy note to end on. Give your old clothes to new people who can make good use of them. Especially since we're all Reduce, still wearing the same. Rihanna. <laughs> I'm okay, so well, hungry. I hope everybody had a great week. Me too. I need to eat some dinner. I'll let you go. And uh, I will see you in person at some point in the next week. But uh, uh, we will talk again in a couple weeks uh, for a new episode of Forensics Faces. Bye. Bye. Forensic Spaces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by JJ Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at ForensicsFaces.com. You can also find links to all our social media accounts and online merch store, might I recommend getting one of the nice coffee thermoses, by visiting ForensicsFaces.com. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. 